What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm here to guide and help you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music, intros, music outros, especially distribute your podcast to streaming platforms, uploading episodes with limited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get paid some money in your pocket from sponsorships. Excellent. These are the keys you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show, Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York Podcast, the unfiltered comedy entertainment show about the stories mixed with entertainment news, music, real life segments, and much more. Now. Where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, all in one word, off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast. Alongside with my other show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast, and my primary handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, the streaming platforms goes like this. We are on Anchor. Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, TuneIn, Reason FM. We are on Podfriend, Podorama, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or you can check out anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
Hey, what's up, USA, Canada, International, Long Island, AK Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator, YouTuber, host with the most misunderstood, lonely nomad, unstoppable, independent podcaster, and rookie podcaster of Laurelton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging out with me on the 241st episode of Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast. Live and direct from StreamYard alongside with YouTube and alongside of myself is the Instagram live feed. So make sure you turn on your notifications so you can be in the know on when each episode is going to be dropped and when I'm going to be on Instagram live involving podcast recordings on separate podcast pages on Instagram, right? So turn your reminders on. and um. And in the meantime, if you are new to the YouTube channel page and you miss any previous episodes whatsoever, don't worry. Everything is going to be covered. Go to the YouTube channel of G Money Stacks 555 in Queens. No, excuse me. G Money Stacks 555. Um, and tap the notification bell alongside with... Um, enabling alerts so you can be reminded of when the show is going to be on the air via live stream along with the date and time stay tuned for more video content upcoming episodes previous episodes and of course be sure to listen stream and watch the episodes in case you miss any of the episodes of involving the topics that's going to be involved to be discussed and also be sure to tell a friend to another friend share the episodes share the videos and of course mind you please spread the word to everybody involving the podcast shows that i do on a weekly basis including this one right here Yes, so yes, so it's important that you subscribe and also important that you download your favorite episodes that you that you like the most. Uh and um and yeah. Um I do have something that I want to say, but I'm not gonna say it in this episode. I'm prob probably gonna say it in um the next episode in a couple of minutes. But in the meantime, I want to actually cut to the chase. And get to and get to no not not this one. Um the New York Mass Transit Files right here. Let's do this. Now, before I even go on to a first 
transit news topic actually let me give a shout out to the people in um live chat real quick on the instagram live feed real quick hold on rabbi 8155 thank you for joining and viewing this and um for those of you that are new listeners and don't know what the New York Mass Transit Files is it's basically a segment that I created involving what's going on behind the scenes of the stories behind the MTA as far as like uh, whether it's the LAWR, whether it's um, the subways and buses. And of course, Long Island is included too. Um, and yes, so our main story involves a particular a particular one that i had to save so we're going to get into it right here so all right so so according to amny.com cops are investigating a brutal assault aboard a southbound four train saturday morning according to police at around 7.45 a.m. on February 18th, an unknown perp approached a 26-year-old man aboard the train and grabbed him by his collar. A brief struggle ensued, and when the train entered the Brooklyn Bridge City Hall station, the suspect dragged the victim to the platform floor before punching him several times in the face. The suspect who police described as a 5'10 tall man with dark complexion that's approximately 200 pounds fled on foot in an unknown direction cops said this is terrible man this is some terrible shit that i have to that i have to hear all the time like really this is fucking crazy it's unbelievable Yeah, I'd be scared, too, if it was me. Shit. The victim was taken to a local hospital and treated for bruises and swelling to his right eye and cheek. The suspect um, was last seen wearing a black hooded jacket with red lettering, a blue and yellow shirt, blue pants, and yellow sneakers. Um, If anyone with information in regard to this incident is asked to call the NYPD's Crime Stoppers hotline at 1-800-577-TIPS, which is 8477, or Spanish 1-8857-PISTA, which is 74782. The public can also submit their tips by logging onto the Crime Stoppers, Crime Stoppers website at crimestoppers.nypdonline.org or on the Twitter sphere, which I don't really use anymore. Um, NYPD tips. Okay, so let's, now that I got that out the way, let's get into, we have some terrible stuff that we need to get into right here. This is in regards to, let me see. 
if I can find that story. Um, if I can find that story though, man. Wait a minute. If I can find that story. Oh, wait a second. Got it. Okay, here's what's happening. We got some we got some wild, crazy, fun topics to get into right here and another segment right here called the ch- chatting or the jazz. That's where I inform you about what's what's going down with the with the now it's not only training topics, it's it's also it's also topics um that's not trending. But anyway. We're gonna get into it right here. So let's 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 go. One moment. One moment. Um Okay, here we are. All right, we got some terrible stories that we need to get to, and this one involving mudslides. Yeah. Yeah, that one's pretty pretty bad too. Um, all right, so so multiple rescues after flood causes chaos in Southern California. Okay, so emergency crews carried out multiple high water rescues, including some by helicopter, after uh, after was winter storm dumped heavy rain in parts of Southern California. Um, storms, winds also caused damage, down, downing trees and power lines. At one point, 30,000 customers in Los, the city of Los Angeles were without power. Heavy snow fell in higher eva- elevations where several roads were closed. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. Wait a minute. Snow in California? Wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. Snow in California. Usually snow happens when it's like when it's like in the East Coast, like you know, like the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and in some other areas in um in the East Coast as well. But but California is very rare. California is very rare. I, <laughs> you know, it's very, 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 very. I'm going to have to ask somebody about this one, too, because because usually sometimes in California, it's usually cold. Um, But. But 
but this one right here, this one right here is is a new one right there. I'm gonna have to ask somebody about this too, cause cause this right here sounds a little sounds a little strange to me, and this is why I named this weather bipolar chameleon. So <laughs> let that sink in your head about the the crazy weird weather. Um. All right. So. So, the National Weather Service in Los Angeles reported record rainfall in several locations. Los Angeles International Airport, um, aka LAX, not sure what the X stands for, but recorded 2.04 inches slash 51.82 um, millimeters of rain uh, on 24 on the 24th of February, beating the previous high for that date. Which is 0 0.75 inches slash 19.05 millimeters set in 2008. Meanwhile, Hollywood Bird Bank Bob Hope Airport recorded 4.61 inches slash 117.09 millimeters, beating the previous high for that date 3.07 inches slash 77.98 millimeters set in 1998. NWS Los Angeles also reported rising rivers, including the Ventura River, which jumped to 19.26 feet slash 5.87 meters at the Foster Park Station late on the 24th of February. The moderate flood stage here is 19.1 feet. A river flooding, no, excuse me, a river flood warning was issued for the Santa um, Inez River, where levels are expected to crest above 18 feet slash 5.48 meters, where the minor flood stage is 15 feet. Sheesh! Severe flooding was reported on several roads, including parts of Interstate 5 near Sun Valley in Los Angeles. Emergency teams were called on to rescue drivers stuck in floodwaters in areas of Los Angeles, San Bernardino, and Ventura, Ventura counties. The Los Angeles Fire Department used a helicopter to rescue four people and five pets who were stranded in a remote area of land within the heavily flooded um. Sepul Vita flood control basin near Van, Van Nuys. An LAFP, excuse me, an LAFD helicopter landed to safely rescue the four adults and five, five pet animals, transferring them all directly, directly to the LAFD Air Operations Facility at Van Nuys Airport, where they were medically evaluated by LAFD paramedics. Two of the adults, no further details, were de determined to be suffering from hypothermia, which is scary, and were transported to an area, area hospital. The two remaining adults declined offered ambulance transportation and took possession of the five animals which appeared uninjured f no excuse me l a f d said 
Crews were also called on to rescue a driver trapped inside a vehicle in Hollywood Hills after high voltage high voltage wires fell onto the roadway and on top of the driver's car. Yeah, that's scary right there. Um, let's see. And uh wait a minute, where five cars? Wait a minute here. So, so Johns Haskell says on Twitter, avoid Vineland Avenue in North Hollywood next to Hollywood Burbank Airport because of, of street flooding that trapped at least five cars. Drivers were able to get out on their own per LAFD slash ABC7 road closed. Airport operations not disrupted yet but flooding is near on the runway oh boy um so tom wait tom tj wait um says on twitter pretty scary scene on the lancashire bridge over the the mb5 freeway and um and NWS Los Angeles says a flash flood warning is in effect for interior portions of Los Angeles and Ventura counties through 10 p.m. tonight. Heavy rain will likely continue through much of the day with additional rainfall of two to five inches possible. And um, a little recap from last week, actually, um, of what happened. VCFDPIO firefighters with assistance from Copter 4 rescue a driver trapped a, a vehicle in raising flood waters. Copter 4 lowers a hashtag FF rescue swimmer to the roof of the vehicle. The rescue rescuer pulls the victim onto the roof and both are hosted to safety. Um Aaron Lee Carr says, substantial flooding on the Interstate 5 in Los Angeles. I did not take this video, so this is just what it is. So, um, so yeah, that's some pretty scary stuff. I hope everybody in, in California is all right. Hopefully, everyone is okay. So, let's just hope um, there were no fatalities behind this. Okay. Okay, and we got another terrible news involving Selma, Alabama, which is which is a tornado, a tornado out of all things. So here's what's happening in Selma, Alabama, according to NPR. Rescuers raced Friday to find any survivors trapped in debris after tornadoes barreled across, excuse me, after uh hold on a second hold on a second here give me one second yes after tornadoes barreled across parts of the south in a system that killed at least nine people in Alabama and Georgia and inflicted heavy damage on Selma, a flashpoint of the, a flashpoint of the civil rights movement. 
a better picture of the damage was expected to emerge later in the day as authorities surveyed the scarred landscape. At least 35 possible tornado touchdowns were reported across several states, according to the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Ah, damn. That's crazy right there, man. This is crazy. That's crazy right there, man. Yeah. I would be scared, too, if you ask me. So... The National Weather Service, which was working on, was working to confirm the twisters set suspected tornado damage was reported in at least 14 counties in Alabama and five in Georgia. Oh my gosh, damn. Damn. Damn, son. Um, okay, tens of thousands. Let's see. Yes, let's continue here. So tens of thousands of homes and businesses were without power in both states, according to PowerOutage.us, which tracks outages nationwide. One tornado cut a 20-mile path across two rural Alabama communities Thursday before the worst of the weather moved across Georgia on a track south of Atlanta. Search searches in 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 Autuga County found a body after daybreak near a home that had been badly damaged. Authorities said that death brought the toll to seven in the county about 40 miles northeast of Selma. At least 12 people were injured severely enough to be taken to hospitals. Ernie Baggett um, um, Atuga County's emergency, emergency management director said as crews cut through down trees looking for survivors. He said about 40 homes were destroyed or seriously damaged, including several mobile homes that were launched into the air. They weren't just blown over, he said. They were blown a distance. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. That sounds really, really scary. And I get it. Ah, <sighs> man. Yeah, let's let's hope everyone over there is okay. Um, let's see, man. Oh, no! Yeah, I'll be scared too. Um in Selma, a city etched in the history of the civil rights movement, the city council met on a sidewalk using lights from cell phones and declared a state of emergency. Um, Georgia 
Governor Brian Kemp said Friday that a state Department of Transportation worker was killed while responding to storm damage. He gave no further details. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that part too. Um, another death occurred in Central Georgia's Butts County. <laughs> oh shit! Oh Butts County. <laughs> oh shit! That's fucking hilarious, right there. Where a passenger died when a tree fell on a vehicle. The coroner said. The storm appeared to have knocked a freight train off its tracks in the same county official set. Um, okay. The storm struck Griffin, Georgia, south of Atlanta, as mourners gathered for a wake at Peterson's funeral home. About 20 people scrambled for shelter in a restroom and an office when a loud boom sounded like a large tree fell on the building. When we came out, we were in total shock, said Shamika Peterson-Smith, the funeral home's chief operational officer. We heard everything, but didn't know how bad it actually was. The uprooted tree crashed straight through the front of the building, she said, destroying a viewing room a lounge and a front office. No one was hurt. Officials in Griffin told local news outlets that multiple people had been trapped inside an apartment complex after trees fell on it. A, a hobby lobby store lost part of its roof and firefighters cut loose a man who had been pinned for hours under a tree that fell on his house. The tornado that hit Selma cut a wide path through the downtown area where brick buildings collapsed. Oak trees were uprooted, cars were tossed onto their sides, and power lines were left dangling. Plumes of thick black smoke from a fire rose over the city. It wasn't clear whether the storm caused the blaze. Selma Mayor James Perkins said no fatalities were reported but several people were seriously injured. Officials hoped to get an aerial view of the city Friday morning. End quote, we have a lot of down, we have a lot of down power lines, he said. There is a lot of danger on the streets. Maddie Moore was among some residents who picked up box meals offered by a charity downtown. Thank God that we're here. It's like something you you see on TV, more sad of the destruction. A city about 18,000 people. Selma is about 50 miles, 80 kilometers west of Montgomery, the, the Alabama capital. It was a flashpoint of the civil rights movement where state troopers viciously attacked black people who marched nonviolently for voting rights across the um, Edmund Puttis Bridge on March 7, 1965. Malaysia um, McVeigh took video of the giant twister, which turned black as it swept away home after home. It would hit a house and black smoke would 
swirl up. She said, it was very terrifying. Three factors, a national La Nina weather cycle, warming of the Gulf of Mexico, likely related to climate change and a decades-long eastward shift of tornado activity combined to make Thursday's tornado outbreak unusual and damaging, said Victor Giacini, a meteorology professor at Northern Illinois University who studies tornado trends. La Nina, a cooling of parts of the Pacific that changes weather worldwide was a factor in making a wavy jet stream that brought a cold front cold front through Gensini said. But that's not enough for a tornado outbreak. The other ingredient is moisture. Normally the air in the southeast is fairly dry this time of year. But the dew point was twice the normal level, likely because of unusually warm weather in the Gulf of Mexico, which is likely influenced by climate change. Gensini said that moisture hit the cold front, adding up to killer storms. In Kentucky, the Weather Service confirmed that an EF1 tornado struck Mercer County and said crews were surveying damage in a handful of other counties. Damn. Damn. <clears throat> okay, so. All right, we got another terrible ish- issue that we need to get to. Um, so, a, a 67-year-old woman was critically injured in a massive early Brooklyn blaze caused by e-bike batteries officials said tuesday the infernal tore through all three floors of the home on goodwin place near green avenue in bushwick brooklyn around 4 40 a.m make marking the city's 24th fire caused by lithium ion batteries since the start of the year the fdny said oh my gosh here we go again with the ion batteries. Wow. And I mean, wow. I mean, wow. This is the second time this has happened. Um, <laughs> um, let me see. Let me see. This is just, this is crazy, man. I say, be careful with those e-bike batteries and where you charge them. First of all, you're not, first of all, if you are, if you are living in an apartment, you got You can't do it. You can't really charge inside, but you have to be away from the apartment. You have to be away from the apartment to do that, though, man. And that's that's just scary, right there, man. That's scary. Oh no! That's scary, right there, man. And uh, 
<sighs> yeah, um, let's see. The gravely injured woman was taken to Wickoff Heights Medical Center where she was fighting for her life, according to police. Let's see. Let's see. Another civilian went to the same hospital with a minor injury, a fire department spokesman said. Commissioner Laura Cavanaugh later confirmed at a press conference that the fire was caused by e-bikes and lithium-ion batteries. Chief Fire Marshal Daniel E. Flynn said 50 of the batteries were found inside the building and that one resident who was not home at the time was working on repairing the, the devices. Uh, there were also many that were charging at the time. Flynn said of the batteries, nobody was watching them charge, so they had charged them overnight. The fast-moving blaze trapped the critically injured victim, according to Flynn. In a traditional fire, which develops rather slowly, we believe that the victim would have been able to make their way out the fire marshal said they were working smoke detectors they were working sprinklers inside these battery fires when they do occur they occur so violently that it traps the occupants so they are unable to get out last week kavanaugh sent a letter to the u.s commissioner product no to consumer, excuse me, consumer products safety commission about her concerns over the batteries. In 2022, two, nine, 219 big apple fires were caused by the devices, with a total of 147 injuries and six deaths. Kavanaugh wrote. So far this year, one person has died in a fire sparked by the batteries. A man in his 60s killed in the late January blaze that erupted inside a three-story home at 24-3789th Street in East Elmhurst, Queens, New York. Earlier this month, three Manhattan kids were hurt when an e-bike battery caught fire in their inward apartment at 165th Sherman Avenue, officials said. An adult also was critically injured in the blaze. This is a critical safety issue, both for New Yorkers and for our members, Kavanaugh told reporters Tuesday. We are coming at this problem from all angles. She urged the public to avoid tampering with, device, with the devices, charging them while sleeping or placing them in the hallways or near the only means of um, egress. We believe we will, we will create safer devices in the future, but in the interim, we really need people to treat these as carefully as they need to be because they are very dangerous, she said. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, man. I think that makes a lot of sense. It really does. Oops, sorry, wrong one. Okay. All right, so 
So up next, um, up next, okay, the let's go to the uh, Abercrombie and Fitch documentary. I didn't even know there was a documentary about this shit too, man. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know about this shit though. That right there is is very interesting. Here, uh, let's see, where is it? Okay, I didn't even know this was. I didn't even know this was a fucking thing. And of course, this was um, who was this? Oh wow, yeah, I did brought up Abercrombie and Fitch though, but um, so let's see. White Hot, the rise and fall of Abercrombie and Fitch already they already took place on April 19th on Netflix, the streamer has announced. Directed by Allison Clayman, who helmed the Atlantis Morissette documentary Jagged last year. White Hot explores the rise in popularity of casual wear retail chain Abercrombie and Fitch, which was first founded in the 1800s during the late 90s under the leadership of ceo mike jeffries the store became known for its sexualized advertising and its emphasis on an all-american look which to many was called for white as the store developed a dominance in the retail world and retail world off its off of its brand growing criticisms regarding discriminatory hiring and marketing practices eventually engulf it in scandal. Now, prior to episode 175, I did talk about the whole hair discrimination, which I felt like it was very important to actually share the link, actually, which is the Crown Act website that I previously shared. Y'all more than welcome to actually check that out as well. And, you know, be able to... um. I know it's been it's been it's been trending so um yeah and I think this is just beyond crazy um speaking of crazy Abercrombie and Fish said we go after the cool kids one talking head in the documentary narrates if they didn't look a certain way they didn't belong on our clothing are we exclusionary? Absolutely. Absolutely. The trailer shows archival footage and photos of Abercrombie advertisements combined with current interviews with former employees, executive, executives, and models of the brand. The documentary will cover numerous scandals the company has faced, including a 2004 class action lawsuit that accused the brand of discriminating towards Black, Latino, Asian, and female employees, and a 2015 lawsuit by a Muslim woman who alleged that she was denied a job at an Abercrombie Abercrombie store due to wearing a headscarf. Um, I think it's called the hijab. That's what it's called. Um, Clayman produces white hot with Emmett McDermott and Haley Pappas. Hold on, man. Let's. <laughs> you know, 
I had an issue with Abercrombie and Fitch, especially the one on Fifth Avenue and shit like that, though, man. And you know they didn't. You know, it's you know it's really crazy, fucked up, though, man. They didn't really. Um, it's funny that to hear that their their racist company doesn't really surprise me at all. And I and I say this because I feel like. The store itself, it's just waiting to crash and burn, man. I'm sorry to say this, but this is waiting to crash and burn. Okay, one more thing. One more thing. <laughs> you get the jizz, man. You get the jizz of this shit, though, man. <laughs> you get the jizz of this shit, though, man. Um. Okay. So. Yeah. So. Um. Let's see. Where was I? Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, claiming produces White Hot with Emmett McDermott and Haley Poppers, Matt Ippolito. Adam Bordak, John Schloss, and Tim Pastor, executive produce. Smiley Stevens, executive producers, and serves as the production designer, while Julia Liu, executive producers, and serves as director of photography. Colin Jones co-produces. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be checking that shit out, though, man. I tell you that much. I'm not sure about that one right there. Um, not sure about that one right there, man. That right there, I'm sorry, but this this right there, man, this needs to go into the toilet. I'm sorry, man. This needs to go to the toilet, though, man. And plus, this is an epic fail of a movie anyway. Okay. And that would be ah, 
Yeah, that's game over for um Abercrombie and Fish, man. I had to do it. I had to do it though, man. I had to do it, man, because it was to prove my point, folks. I'm pretty sure y'all can relate to um a racist company like like Abercrombie and Fitch and any other um stores that you probably face whatsoever. And I know this is not easy. It's not easy talking about it sometimes, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, let's move on to the next topic here, man. I'm not going to stay on this story for too fucking long. Anyway, let's get to... (laughs) And this is is a big mess, man. And I say this because it has to do... I say this because it has to do with... um, It has to do with a couple of celebrities doing it. It has to be do with a couple celebrities, man. Now, one in particular, one in particular, not just um, not just one person, but um, recently, um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, where in the so recently, Jay Leno, comedian, late night TV host, and automobile motorcycle enthusiast, was involved in a motorcycle accident on January 17, 2023, according to Las Vegas Review Journal. In the report and audio recording of the interview, um, um, Cat Silo Meets inquired how Leno is doing after being burned during a garage fire in the fall of 2022, to which Leno replied, it's so funny you should say that. That was the first accident, okay? Then just last week, I got knocked off my motorcycle, so I've got a broken collarbone. I've got two broken ribs. I've got two cracked kneecaps, Leno said in the, in the report. That's a big mess right there, man. That is a fucking big mess. You know what I'm saying? That is a big mess right there, man. And, and it just goes to show you got, like, be careful. You know what I mean? Just be careful out there, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's just crazy right there. Oh, no! Yeah. Yeah, that's just crazy right there, man. An accident waiting to happen? I don't know, man. This right there sounds pretty crazy though man okay um all right all right so let's get into it though let's let's keep going so Leno continued to joke I'm only 72 if I were to have been an older man, this would have been very serious. The most likely accident happened when Leno was testing a 1940 Indian motorcycle near his shop. A New York Times article elaborated that the motorcycle was also equipped with a sidecar. During the test ride, Leno had noticed the smell of leaking gas, so I turned down a side street and cut through a parking lot. And unbeknownst to me, some guy had a wire strung across the parking lot, but with no flag hanging from it, 
So, you know, I didn't see it until it was too late. Leno said it was just. It was just. Clotheslined me. It just clotheslined me and boom, knocked me off the bike. The bike kept going and you know how that works out. And of course, um, we are happy to hear that Leno is okay and even continuing to work the weekend following the report soon. So soon after the incident, you know what they say. The show must go on. We wish Jay Leno a speedy recovery. And speaking of Leno, congratulations to him on a third season of You Bet Your Life, the game show. How about that? Okay, another reason why I named this episode Big Mess is because of Nick Cannon. He recently had his 12th baby, which everybody probably knows by now. But um, <laughs> so Nick Cannon is addressing the possibility of having more, more kids. In an interview, the 42-year-old mass singer host was asked whether he wants to continue expanding his family after welcoming his 12th child in December, 2022. God decides when we're done, but I believe I definitely got my hands full. Cannon told entertainment tonight. I'm so focused. I'm locked in, but when I'm 85, you never know. I might. Cannon announced the birth of his 12th child daughter, Halo Marie with model Alyssa Scott in late December. He is now father to five daughters and seven sons. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> I don't know, man. That right there is just... So, the TV host and rapper who recently launched his future superstar tour shared his recent his secrets with ET about balancing work and family life. And um he said in quote, "Everybody thinks it's time management, it's energy management," Candace said. "Once we're all aligned the flow, hold on a minute. Hold on one minute here." Hold on one minute here. One minute. Okay. Okay, here we are. Here we are. Um, yes, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody thinks it's time management, it's energy management. Kenny said, once we all all align the flow 
is a lot easier. If there's any kind of any kind of low frequencies or dissension in there, that's what messes up the scheduling. He continued as long as we're all on the same page and we all got the same goal to be the best parents we could possibly be. That works, and then the scheduling is the scheduling. Okay. Once again, this keeps showing up, man. No, thank you. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Cannon also noted that he's thankful to be in the position of offer his children a bright future. And he said, it's a blessing, man. Like, hopefully, because of what I am able to do, my kids can do whatever they want to do to be able to be in a position that if they want to be a nuclear physics physicist, I know somebody at an Ivy school that I could hit up, he said. If they want to go into the military, if they want to be an be artists, if they want to be actors, it's a thing where we have the capability, he continued. Let's start talking about it now so we can help your dreams come true. Candace airs twins, Moreau and Moroccan, with ex-wife Mariah Carey, and twins Zion and Zillin with Abby D. La Rosa, who gave birth to their third baby with Canon, beautiful Zeppelin, less than two months prior to Halo's birth. He is also dad to Golden Saigon, powerful queen and rise messiah, whom he shares with Brittany Bell, legendary love, whose mom is Bree Ticey, and Onyx Ice Cole with Lanisha Cole. Um, okay, so I I may have previously talked about how he feels guilty. Um, how he feels guilty about um not being able to spend time with the kids and stuff. So that's pretty much why I added this topic here. I just find it very interesting. Um with the whole thing with him and Akon, I was like, yo, you gotta be kidding me. Um, so this is this is just crazy though, man. And and I it's interesting that he's he's still a dad. I mean, let me be let me be crystal clear here though, man. You can have all the fucking money in the whole world doing um the best career that you're doing right now, but you can't put money on. You can't put money on spending time with kids. You really can't. And um, other than that, I think the Mask Singer got renewed. So, so you can watch the Mask Singer on Fox every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, check your local listings. And of course, he has a podcast called "To Hate or Not to Hate." You can go check that out on Spotify as well. You know what I'm saying? So there you have it right there. Let's go into some more um stuff that's going on. Let's lighten shit up. Actually, before we even lighten shit up, let's go to Lil John. Let's go to Lil John. Um, let's go to Lil John. Okay, so All right, so Little John is threatening to take global entertainment company Live Nation to court due to their Lovers and Friends Festival, which the Atlanta rapper claims infringes on his trademark 
song title of the same name. On Monday, January 30th, Lil Jon's attorney, Edwin McPherson, threatened Live Nation with litigation via email. In the documents obtained by XXL, McPherson spells out his client's case against Live Nation. In 2022, Live Nation put on a Lovers of Friends festival with Lil Jon, Usher, and Ludacris as headliners and as and many of the artists that Lil Jon produced or otherwise were associated with him as supporting artists, the letter reads, As soon as Mr. Davis, um, Lil Jon, became aware of the name of the festival, he objected to Live Nation's use of the name and requested that Live Nation disclose to him how and where the company obtained a license to use the name. Live Nation responded, essentially, we don't need we don't need um we don't need no stinking license however both sides ultimately agreed to the table the discussion until after the festival little john trusted live nation to do the right thing and he performed masterfully the 2022 lovers and friends festival ultimately sold out and was a tremendous success um, I don't know, man. I don't know about that one right there, man. You know, I'll be pissed too. I'll be pissed. I'll be pissed as well. You know what I'm saying? If it was, if it was me in that situation, I would be pissed too. If someone took my ideas and then not have the license or the rights to do that shit though, man. Um, you do need a license for certain for certain things. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, and and I think it's pretty dumb what um what Live Nation has done. This is just terrible, man. Yeah, so, however, Lil John's attorney claims the festival is continuing this year without the producer being involved while still using the Lovers and Friends name. Now, we now understand that Live Nation has decided to turn the festival into an annual event without Lil John, but using Lil John's Lovers and Friends name in an obvious effort to confuse consumers into thinking that Lil John is performing at the festival, or at the very least, producing it. The letter continues. Such action clearly constitutes egregious and predatory conduct and corporate opportunism at its worst. Live Nation knew about the inextricable link between Lil John and the name, but nevertheless exploited Lil John's good will and recognition, booking artists who are closely associated with him after his representatives made his objection clear. Hmm. Wow. That's that's gotta suck, man. That has to really suck. Um yeah, that's really su- that's gotta suck though. So the letter goes on. So the letter goes on. Hold on a second. Yeah, so the letter goes on to claim Live Nation attempted to officially register a trademark for the name. The turndown for what rapper is still up for settling this matter 
amicably before taking legal action. Lil John intends to file a petition to cancel Live Nation's registration. The letter continues. In addition, Lil John may seek an injunction prohibiting Live Nation from using his mark in connection with the with this festival and anything else. In addition to money damages, although we believe that an an agreement can be worked out between Live Nation and Lil John for the use of the mark. Lil John is fully prepared to commence litigation in the event that no such agreement is is forthcoming. Double XL has reached out to reps for Live Nation for comment. Um, while Lil John is against the festival, Usher it uh, Usher, who is also featured on the 2004 hit track Lovers and Friends, is still on board. He is the co-headliner of the upcoming festival, which is slated to go down on May 26th at the Las Vegas Festival Grounds. He is also listed as the presenter of the festival. Oh, boy. Wow. I mean, wow. Wow. Damn, that has to, that has to really suck, though, man. Well, look. Let's hope that little John settles, gets the gets the money that he deserves. You know what I'm saying? And it's pretty disrespectful for Live Nation to actually do this. So this is just, ah, ridiculous. Shit, I would have ran for the hills if, if something was wrong, too. Okay, um, <laughs> all right, um, all right, so, <laughs> um, let me see what else we got in the cards in this episode. Okay, so we have, we have, um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yes, Coley, Coley, Bailey, and Chris Brown. You know, everybody's been talking about this shit too, so let's get into it. Another big mess of things, actually, but but this one right here is pretty much the opposite of things, actually. Now, now, yes, everybody keeps bringing up um Chris Brown's um mistake that he did to Rihanna. I get that, but damn, man, like this happened like what eleven years ago? Like seriously, like seriously, seriously. It's for um it's for a music video, man. Like, come on. And speaking of which, Chloe Bailey dropped the second single, How Does It Feel? Featuring Chris Brown from her upcoming debut album on Friday, February 24th, which actually wow. Um and in his how does it feel announcement post on Instagram? Brown gassed up his collaborator by writing, You are a beautiful soul, take over the world, shorty. 
and don't look back. You are a queen. Don't let nobody tell you no different. You followed your dreams, and now the universe is fulfilling that manifestation. Koi replied underneath, can't wait for the world to hear the magic we created. How does it feel follows the first single, or piece rather, pray Pray away from Chloe's debut project in pieces, which arrives in March. Um, there's no specific date for it uh, via Parkwood Entertainment, Columbia Records. No exact date has been announced yet. So um, if I hear anything, we'll we'll get to it, though. Um, Hold on. Okay, in an August interview with Essence Bailey, who is one half of the sister duo Chloe and Haley, explained that her album is everything that I've been going through, all the tearing, tearing, tearing down, people underestimating, telling me I can't do it. All of those things have gone into the music. She added, the album is me picking myself up and talking myself out of any little place or space that the world has tried to put me in. That people in personal relationships have tried to put me in and even doing that to myself. It's me breaking free. Chloe embarked on her solo career in 2021 around the time her sister Haley began filming for the live action remake of Disney's The Little Mermaid. Oh, Lord. Uh, another way of Disney messing around with the classics. Sheesh. In which she plays the lead, Ariel. Um, Chloe Haley, no, Chloe released her debut solo single, Have Mercy, and performed it at the 2021 MTV Video Music Awards just days later. And you can check out the video on YouTube as well. All I gotta say about the whole Chris Brown shit, and let that shit go, man. Like, seriously. Like, stop bringing up the fucking past. Look, he paid his due already. Let the guy live. That's all I'm saying. Like, this is so fucking ridiculously annoying to be bringing up someone's mistakes. Like, damn, like, like y'all motherfuckers ain't perfect. Like, for real. Y'all not fucking perfect, so don't even don't even say that you're perfect. But but when it comes to you, you end up you end up doing the same thing. So you might as well practice what you fucking preach, man. That's all I gotta say on that one right there, man. Chloe Bailey, keep doing your thing, and don't let anybody stop you from from following your goals and dreams. All right, keep doing your thing. And if you want to collaborate with Chris Brown or anybody else, that's on your free will. Everybody has a fucking free will, man. Can we not fucking um, put people in a box and some shit? Like, seriously. Like, stop this shit.
Yeah, and we got another, we have another um situation here um pertaining to Taylor Swift. Oh boy. Oh boy. Taylor Swift. <sighs> wow. Okay. So the Senate Judiciary Committee held its much anticipated hearing in Live Nation and the lack of competition in the ticketing industry on Tuesday. And this took place around um this was about, about two months ago, actually. Um this was uh posted in January. So anyway. So the Senate Judiciary Committee held its much anticipated hearing for, into Live Nation and the lack of competition in the ticketing industry on Tuesday, while lawmakers grilled entertainment executives and antitrust experts. Some of the Ticketmaster's most vocal critics protested just steps away, steps away on the grounds of the U.S. Capitol, Taylor Swift fans. And quote, as I was driving up this morning, I couldn't help but notice I had never seen more smiling and happy demonstrators than I saw today. Uh, Senator, Senator Mike Lee said during the hearing, I think Swifties have figured something out. They are very good at getting their message across. During the hearing, several lawmakers credited the Swift debacle and her vocal fan base with putting Ticketmaster back in the spotlight, though acknowledge that the problem is much bigger than any one artist. Critics long have accused Ticketmaster of being a monopoly, especially after its controversial merger with Live Nation, now its parent company in 2010. But outrage reached a new pitch after its botched pre-sale process for Swift's errors, the Swift's the errors tour in November, when long wait times, exorbitant fees, and website outages left thousands of fans frustrated and empty-handed. <sighs> Lord. Okay, that sounds like a uh, that sounds like a major, major, major epic fail right there, man. That sounds like a major epic fail. <laughs> a major epic fail. Like seriously. <sighs> epic fails of Live Nation. No, not Live Nation. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. <sighs> Another epic fail. Okay. Um after the after years of complaints about high fees, murky resale practices, and other issues, the incident seemed to galvanize fans and lawmakers alike. Attorneys general of several states launched consumer protection investigations. Many Democratic lawmakers called for Ticketmaster to be broken up and dozens of Swift fans sued the company for fraud and antitrust violations. Um, yeah. The company did not respond to NPR's request for comment for this story. In a public apology to Swift and her fans at the time, Ticketmaster blamed overwhelmingly demand for crashing its site. 
end quote, the biggest venues and artists turn to us because we have the leading ticketing technology in the world. That doesn't mean it's perfect. And clearly for Taylor Swift, the Eras tour on sale, it wasn't. It's said at the time. But we're all we're always working to improve the ticket the ticket buying experience, especially for high demand on sales, which continue to test new limits. Tuesday's hearing which stretched on for more than three hours, including probing questions, defiant statements, and more than a few swift references. And um, many, many of lawmakers' questions were aimed at Joe Birchtold, the president and chief financial officer of Live Nation Entertainment, who acknowledged issues in the industry most mostly having to do with bots, but sought to downplay Ticketmaster's dominance in the market. The other witnesses used their opening statements to describe Ticketmaster's detrimental effects, either on their own business or the economy in general. Um, Jack Grotzinger, the CEO of Seat Geek. Incorporated said major U.S. venues know that if they move their primary ticketing businesses away from Ticketmaster, they risk losing the, the revenue they earn from Live Nation concerts and allege that the company has re retaliated against those venues in the past. The committee also heard from two Antitrust expert Sal Nuzzle, senior vice president of the James Madison Institute, and Kathleen Bradish, vice president for legal advocacy at the American Antitrust Institute. A lack of competition over time has corroded innovations and distorted the market, Nuzzle said. Live Nation Ticketmaster is an example of one, on one hand, a very traditional monopoly in the mode of standard oil on the other on the other a 21st century digital player like other online platforms dominating an ever widening swath of the of its industry bradish said bradish pointed out that the, that in 2020 the justice department found out that the company violated requirements of the consent decree governing its merger but rather than seeking a broader structural remedy the agency extended it for another five and a half years. She advocated for the Justice Department to take new enforcement action against the company and for Congress to consider passing legislation that would do things like clarify to strengthen U.S. antitrust laws or require codes of conduct for ticketing platforms. Okay, frustration for artists and fans. Swift herself was not among the witnesses, but lawmakers and the public did get to hear from one musician, Clyde Lawrence, the singer-songwriter behind the soul pop group Lawrence, which he acknowledged is much less famous, but has used its platform to speak out against Ticketmaster in the past. Lawrence said, most problems stem from the fact that Ticketmaster simultaneously serves as the part as the promoter um venue <clears throat> excuse me 
venue and ticketing company for tours. Um, he called for more transparency, especially into how Ticketmaster decides service fees, saying they are never told to artists in advance and have been as high as 82% in his band's case. Birch told later responded that Live Nation doesn't set those fees. The venues do. When a lawmaker pushed back that Live Nation either owns or has long-term contracts with many venues, Birch told said it was a relatively small percentage of all of them in the U.S. One moment. Okay, so um, <laughs> um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Yeah, okay, so Lawrence said his band has had positive, positive experiences with parts of Live Nation like the hardworking venue employees and the fact that all of their venues share a single Wi-Fi pass password. We truly do not see Live Nation as the enemy, he said. They are just the largest player in a game that feels stacked against us as artists and often our fans as well. Protesters say this is an issue everyone can get behind. Jennifer Kinder, the Dallas-based attorney representing Swift fans in their lawsuit, helped organize a protest outside the hearing Tuesday to send a message to leaders of both the company and the committee probing it. She flew in from Dallas to participate and told NPR afterward that 40 to 50 people had showed up outside the Capitol, while another 700 attendees tuned into her firm's live TikTok stream. Ticketmaster was a trending topic on Twitter during the hearing. Demonstrators got their message across with t-shirts and banners bearing all sorts of slogans, ticket window, ticket monopoly, stay mad Swifties, a Ticketmaster logo with a line through it. Once I tells Ticketmaster, your reputation has never been worse, referring to a Swift song. Another another quotes a, a different Swift lyric. If it feels like a trap, you are already in one. And a big photo referencing, referencing the thousands long online queue fans found themselves stuck in. Kinless said protesters were also streaming the hearing and loved what they were hearing. I think that we can sort of uniformly agree that the Senate's going to make some changes, she said. They are going to do some things to Ticketmaster. And she stresses she really wants to make sure that those changes actually protect consumers. What we'd like to see is that all consumers that want to participate in live entertainment are protected. I think until that happens, we really can't be happy, she said. 
if an artist is getting screwed, if a consumer is getting screwed, then the system still doesn't work. Um, okay, so Claude Bouchard, um, okay, Claude Bouchard, okay, so the chair of the Senate, um, hold on, Judiciary Subcommittee on Competition Policy, Antitrust, and Consumer Rights told Morning Edition before the hearing that while bands have tried to take on Ticketmaster for decades, the picture the picture looks different in 2023. And quote, what's the different what's different right now is that this isn't a singular problem, she explains. We've seen consolidation in 75% of the industries in the country and people are catching on taylor swift fans sure caught on i will get whatever allies i have to get on this case and um claude Bouchard sees three main issues with Ticketmaster, as she explained in both the interview and her opening statement at the hearing it controls more than 70% of the market for ticketing and live events. It controls much of the promotion of those events and it either owns or has years long exclusive contracts with many large venues in quote. So that is a trio of problems that leads to two things. She says, one is, what you see, it's not just Taylor Swift, it's Bad Bunny, BTS, Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen, Harry Styles, all of these artists have issues with ticketing because there's no incentive when you are a monopoly. Secondly, fees, hidden fees. One recent government study found 27% of the ticket price was fees that you can't even figure out what they are from this company. Klobuchar hoped the hearing would give the, the public a chance to see what's going on, create under-off evidence that could be useful in any future investigation. Um, like, like a reported one from the Department of Justice that's said to have been launched before the SWIFT ticket sales, and educate lawmakers who could create legislation to address the issues. There are Republicans interested in this right now on fees on the fact that they try to lock in these multi-year contracts, she says. All of those things are right for legislation. Um, Kinder says Swift deserves a lot of credit for bringing the movement together. At the end of the day, without Taylor Swift, we don't all find each other. We're sitting at lunch today with trading friendship bracelets because that's what she inspired, a sense of community, empathy, individuality, she said. All those, all the things that she really fosters in her music have created a community, and without her, we wouldn't be the community that we are. Interesting. That's interesting.
Okay. Kinder had helped in organizing the protest, including from activists associated with Free Britney, the movement that called for the end of Britney Spears' conservatorship. conservatorship. One of those advocates, Melanie Carson, has been researching the issue for years and alleges that Live Nation profited directly from Spears' um, conservatorship. It's shocking that she could perform for thousands of people and everyone in the industry knew about it, and yet no one said anything. Carlson told NPR in a Monday phone interview, and that is the level of power that should be broken up. And that's our fight against Ticketmaster and Live Nation. Carlson has seen a number of fandoms take issue with Ticketmaster's practices over the years and has long been trying to unite them and she isn't surprised that it took an artist of swift stature to finally do it even as carlson has seen disappointed swifties widely mocked as just privileged young women that need to get a life people tend to ridicule interests that are predominantly female and what people need to step back and see is that don't they have a favorite band and aren't some of those concerts the best moments of their lives Carlson says so if we come together we can all enjoy music more freely and the artists will have more freedom too Kinder is encouraging people to turn out to protest again in March in Los Angeles when plaintiffs have their first court hearing in their Ticketmaster lawsuit. We're going to be a persistent presence until all the changes that need to be made are made, she said. I will keep an eye on this story, actually. So this is just pretty, it's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting of a trending topic here. I will keep an eye on this, actually. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm sorry to all the music artists who's been going through um, some rough patches with Ticketmaster and Live Nation, including Taylor Swift. Um, hopefully, a lot of things will change. So we'll see what happens here. Um, let's see. Lil Meech. Okay, hold on a second. Yes, so... 50 Cent has celebrated the resolution of a gun case that had BMF star Lil Meech potentially facing a felony charge due to what his attorneys called an innocent mistake. According to TMZ, the, the Broward County State Attorney's Office has decided to drop its original felony charge of introducing a firearm into the Storo area of the airport against Lil Meech, which stemmed from an arrest on December 13, 2022. The actor, the actor was placed in police custody at the Fort Lauderdale Airport in Florida on that day after airport, airport security discovered a firearm in his carry-on luggage. However, it turns out that the 9mm handgun and the, and the bag in which it was found belonged to Lil Meech's bodyguard. <sighs> wow. Really, though? 
Really, though? You really, you really are so dumb for this shit, though, man. You really are. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Anyway, one more thing. Um, okay. Yeah, um, the bodyguard admitted to owning the gun at the time of the arrest. However, authorities reportedly ignored him. The BMF star's attorney, Bradford Cohen, has since presented prosecutors with a purchase receipt, gun case, and license to carry that all effectively proved the gun did not belong to his client. He also explained that the two men happen to own similar carry-on. Hmm. Similar carry-on bags and that on the date, the date in question, Lil Meech accidentally grabbed his employee's luggage thing. It was his. Broward County prosecutors have also decided to not to move forward with his, with a potential misdemeanor charge against Lil Meach based on the evidence presented and statements made by Cohen and the bodyguard. The December arrest wasn't Meach's first run-in with the law in 2022 as he was arrested in May for allegedly stealing a $250,000 Richard Mile, Richard Mill watch, excuse me, watch from Miami's um, High Moth Jewelers back in February of last year. He reportedly used an eighty thousand dollars Rolex Rolex as a down payment, but didn't pay the two hundred thousand dollars balance left. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Wait a minute here. What the hell did I do? Oh man. Okay. Okay. I would not be paying a lot of money for a damn watch though, man, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's, that's strange, man. That's the strangest shit that I ever heard. Anyway, 
that's the strangest, craziest shit that I ever heard in my life. Anyway, let's get into let's keep going here. Um, let's keep going here. So, following news of the case's dismissal, 50 Cent, who initially made light of the entire situation, shared a screenshot of the TMZ headline to Instagram and declared that it was time for Lil Meech to get back to work, captioning the post, okay, that's out the way, now let's go. The 22-year-old used the post as an opportunity to show his appreciation for Fifth, commenting, your loyalty is unmatched. I love you, and I thank you for everything. With BMF having received the green light for season three earlier this week, the two have plenty to work on in coming months. Um, According to Variety, the renewal announcement came shortly after the premiere of season two earlier in January, which brought in 4.1 million multi-platform viewers following such a strong debut with season two we're thrilled to continue to expand on the incredible story of the of the flinori brothers as they changed the game by writing their own rules stars president of programming Catherine buse um busby Catherine busby said in a statement we can't wait to see what our extraordinary producers and cast deliver next. On Wednesday, January 18th, 50 Cent celebrated his show's success and the renewal with an Instagram post which saw him hyping up three BMF spinoffs in the pipeline. And uh, yeah, we're going to see what's going on. Um, We're going to get to... Okay, so let's see what else. What else we need to get to? I think we covered mostly everything with the topics. Okay, so let's get to eat and drink. Okay, let's get to. Hold on. Let's get to eat and drink, actually, if you will. And this is another segment that we got to get to, which is called Munchies and Drinks. It's a segment where I where I inform you about the stories behind the eat and drink stories and, and sometimes give some recommendations on some restaurant places for you to actually... Um, for you to actually try out as far as like certain foods and drinks. So here it is right here, man. One moment. (laughs) 
All right. All right. So our, our, our first particular story involving um involving something with um let's see, how do we even okay. So eating drink it is. So let's get to um let me see, let me see. Okay, eat and drink. So let's see. Um. All right. Okay, okay, okay. I think I got an idea on the story. Okay, so let's see. Eat and drink. All right, let's go to eat and drink. Eat and drink. Come on. All right, here we are. Eat and drink. Okay, let's get to... All right. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute here. Yeah, I forgot about... um. I forgot about that. I forgot... Okay, so let me see. All right, here it is. Here it is. All right, so Chelsea's iconic Empire Diner had a cubic makeover over the holiday weekend. And I read, yeah, over the holiday weekend to celebrate the relaunch of the Lego Friends line. From sat from Saturday, February eighteenth through Sunday, February nineteenth, already, um, New Yorkers of all ages were treated to a life-size Lego experience at two ten Tenth Avenue. The eatery was transformed into a blockery playground for visitors to both feast and play. The Empire Diner had its exterior decorated with Lego flowers and gigantic figures from. The new toy set. Guests were afforded the ability to make free reservations over the two-day period after which they could build playsets while waiting to be seated. Um, enjoy shakes named after the new characters. Take photographs with the new characters' unique belongings, and were even gifted playsets. That sounds like fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, let's see. Based on a YouTube show, The Lego Friends aims to teach children acceptance and champion diversity through relatable figures, including those with anxiety, limb difference, um, neurodivergence, Down syndrome, and more. At The Lego Group, we understand that children want the characters they encounter to be more like the diverse personalities they embody and the friends they meet in real life, said Fenella Charity, creative lead for Lego Friends. We spoke with real kids. Some even sent us letters about how they want to see themselves represented. To us, evolving our products is more than just checking a box on diversity, but something deeply personal. We want to celebrate real kids' life experiences and the reimagine 
Lego Friends universe aims to explore the emotional ups and downs and challenges of real friendships, including while including the vast range of visible and non-visible diversities that make them unique. Yes. According to Lego, the Friends line took input from research that showed children yearn to see differing emotions expressed in their toys, something the companies say the figures represent. Those visiting the diner seem taken with the characters posing with them and even writing messages of inclusivity on a, spe on a special, specially designed wall. The characters are now available at the Lego store. Okay. In other eat and drink, um, in other eat and drink news, um, let's go to what happened recently. So, Chloe Feynman stars as Gunter, a, a cheeky vodka seltzer lover in nat and natural vodka seltzers first national integrated marketing campaign called um natural the one with the omelet natural vodka seltzer and anheuser bush product launched re regionally in 2021 and expanded nationally in early 2022 with the hard seltzer market remaining hot, the brand knew it needed something to help it stand out in the, in the new year. Excuse me. I was very intrigued when Natural came up to me and asked to develop their new spokesperson, said Feynman. I had a ton of fun working with the team to bring to life this wacky yet instantly lovable vodka seltzer enthusiast who appreciates the finer things in real in life and knows what it takes to make a quality drink. Feynman's character Gunter is obsessed with the simplicity, internationality, and taste of natural seltzers and its ingredients, and it is her mission to share it with the world she has a monochromatic look that incorporates pops of color to reflect the seltzer's natural and simple uh, flavors and aesthetic. Um, natural, natural prides itself on natural ingredients and no artificial sweeteners or flavors. It's no secret that consumers are moving away from over-engineered and over-complicated products and instead are prioritizing quality and taste, said Natural Vodka Seltzer's Vice President of Marketing, Marissa Siegel. Our new campaign perfectly encapsulates the confidence, simplicity of natural and the superior quality you get from its real ingredients while, excuse me, all that, all while showing off the brand's tongue-in-cheek personality. Uh, let's see. In the campaign, Gunter explains that 
every element in natural seltzers, seltzer vodka, seltzer, and real fruit juice is there for a reason, except for the silly um, little omelet um, garnish above the youth. Um, the, the campaign was developed in partnership with the Martin Agency and Feynman and her writing partner, Casey Thomas Brown, also contributed to it. They created a humorous blend of rehearsed and ad-libbed dialogue that communicates natural's taste, recipe, and personality. Natural, the one with the, the omelet, will roll out through 2023 via radio, television, digital, social, outdoor advertising, and retail. It includes four main 15-second spots and four unique six-second spots that each highlight one of the brand's major five, including pineapple, watermelon, lemonade, and cranberry. Of course, you want to learn more about this. For more information about the brand and the campaign, you can visit you can visit naturalusa.com and follow and follow along social media via Instagram, um, natural and Twitter, natural underscore USA. Okay. Um, all right. So let's see. What else? What else? What else? What else? I'll save this for um next time. Um the uh NYC's delivery workers. I'll save that for another time. Anyway, um, let me see here. Um, if we covered the bases. I think we did cover the bases, actually, though. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. More great off-Broadway to see this winter. Yes, let's talk about that one right there. Uh, yes, here we are. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before I get to that, let's cover ageism and hip-hop. I forgot to cover this. Okay. So, Dave East, Big Crit, and more hip-hop figures have shared their thoughts on ageism in the culture and if it's really a young person's game. Earlier this week, rapper JFK hopped on his Instagram with a post asking several hip-hop figures their opinions on ageism in the in the culture. For years, people have assumed there's an end period for rappers before the public considers them washed up. However, there are many examples of artists proving their worth across decades. Uh, of course, my expert opinion host, Math Hoffer, opened the discussion by referencing Jay-Z's mind-blowing verse on DJ Khaled's God Did. At age 53 years old, Hove blew a lot of people away with a verse that a person at that age had no business spitting with such conviction. I think one of the hottest verses of the year came from someone who's over 50. Shout out to Hove. Salute. Thank you for showing us the way Math Hoffer said. Dave East chimed in and basically stated, I feel I feel like you get yourself old. I think hip-hop is something you can stay young in. It's not like basketball. And Big Crick states, commented on the 
other genres never having to deal with ageism saying it's weird because it is but it's not supposed to be hip-hop is a young genre that we know of right now so i think about blues and soul and you talk about them bands they never really this the ogs they never never really taught down they talked about the inspiration static selector along with 38 special agreed that it depends on the artist if ageism really matters because it all depends on how the person feels with the with their work houston rap legend paul wall brought up the separation between the old and new generation making the idea of ageism even worse when we came up young it was young people feeling us but they aged with us wall said so if we old still looking for the old people to follow us i think we're on the wrong path jay-z further proved that there is no age limit on quality in hip-hop by closing out the 2023 grammy awards with a performance of his verse on god did alongside rick ross lil wayne and dj khaled yes so after i get off the air i'm going to actually make up a question about ageism in hip-hop how do you feel about it um you can jump in the comment section right here either on instagram live on off the meat rat change new york podcast um show page or you can even do the same with um you can even do the same with youtube all right i'm gonna pose this question on the insta and on the insta story i ain't going to feature this on the highlights and i am going to post it on the instagram podcast show page in a couple of minutes so there you have it right there man i am going to actually make that a question so i'm going to actually um consider this so um let's see let's see what else do we have to talk about here um before i forget before i forget let me see if uh yes one more thing to discuss is okay so more great off broadway shows to see this winter so here it is so of course last week i wrote about 10 new shows playing off broadway theaters ranging from the entire league refugee drama the jungle at saint anne's warehouse in brooklyn to the very hungry caterpillar show in union square due to poor due excuse me due to popular demand um at least as demonstrated by various emails from theater publicists and in recognition of just how expansive and divert and diverse the off-broadway theater scene continues to be in spite of the continued challenges of the slamdemic below are 10 more new bro off-broadway shows which are all produced by non-profit companies and of course um fuck seventh grade singer songwriter jill sobule who is best known for the 1990s hit supermodel and i kissed the girl returns for an encore run of her rock concert um style memoir about attending middle school in the 1970s and a lot of stuff this is this has already happened this is a recap 
that already began on January 23rd. Um, Wolf Play MCC Theater is is bringing back so Soho Ref Rep and Mai Theater Company's acclaimed production of Hansel Jung's parenting parenting drama, in which a couple um undergoes the international adoption process and a South Korean boy is represented as a life-size wooden public puppet that is operated by a wolf performances um took place January 26th at the MCC theater website mcctheater.org for more information the wildproject.org um let me just um let's see so anything else let's see a bright new voice sam d hunter's um residency at signature theater continues theater company continues with a new production of his 2011 dark comedy about a man who takes a minimum wage job at a hobby lobby in idaho following a scandal at his evangelical church um <clears throat> and of course you can check out the website signaturetheater.org um which already happened already um so the seagull um Woodstock, new york playwright thomas Bradshaw, who has achieved notoriety for his extreme use of nudity and violence, reimagines Chekhov's The Seagull for the contemporary Hudson Valley, where a group of New York theater artists have retreated. Performances began um, began February 7th. Um, You can check out the website, thenewgroup.org, for any future events. Um, the letters from Max playwright Sarah uh, Rowe, whose new drama Becky Nurse of Salem was produced at Lincoln Center in the fall, returns with a meditative adaptation of her 2018 um, epistolary book about her relationship with the late poet Max um, Ritvo um, that took place February 7th. You can check out the website, signaturetheater.org. Black Odyssey. Um, Classic Stage Company presents Marcus Gardley's um, adaptation of Homer's The Odyssey, which combines Greek mythology with African-American history and depicts um, 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 Eusis as a former soldier in... In modern Harlem, who is looking for his family? Um, you can check out the website classesstage.org for more information. And yeah, and of course, what's included was the tree. Um, yeah, the tree in Agnes Borinsky's metaphorical new play, A Brother and Sister Fall Asleep in a Public Park and Wake Up. Uh, to find that their feet have become rooted to the ground, leading to the creation of a utopian community. Performances begin February 12th, wherever they started. So, um, scratch that. Um, playwright, playwrightshorizon.org. Check out f- for more information for any future events. And, f- 
and Fall River Fishing, um, Bedlam, which is best known for its experimental productions of classic dramas, presents a new play by Zuzana um, Zakowski and Deborah Knox that reinterprets the saga of Hatchet murderer Lizzie Borden as an, an, an irreverent absurdist comedy. Oh gosh. Check out the website for future up for future upcoming events at bedlam.org. Of course, crumbs on the table. Crumbs from the table of joy. The Keen Company presents the first New York revival of an early play by two-time Pulitzer winner Lynn Nottage um, from Sweat and Ruined about a black family that moves from Florida to Brooklyn in the 1950s. And you can check out the website keencompany.org for, for future updates of performances. And of course, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof following a summertime run, the first author authorized off-Broadway production of Tennessee Williams' Sultry 1995, no, excuse me, 1955, rather, drama, um, returns led by Courtney Hang Hangela from Cobra Kai and Matt D. Rogatis. And um, you can check out the website roofstage.org for future information of upcoming upcoming performances and future references so there you have it right there so check out those websites for future performances and stuff so there you have it right there all right so let's let's wrap this up right here um all right so let's get into let's wrap up right here actually so let's get into stream choices on the go where i actually inform you about where you can actually follow the podcast and where you can listen to the episodes. So, um, okay, so let's get into it right about. And if you, by the way, if you miss any episodes, don't worry, everything's all covered. So I got you with that. And, um, And yeah, so by the way, you can make a charitable donation to support the show right here and any other podcast shows that I do. Um, my cash app is not working at the moment. You can also you can donate to anchor.fm um for the time being. So there you have it right there. And you can also leave a five-star rating on Podchaser, Podfriend, and of course there's Spotify as well. Share the episodes on Spotify as well. I will be posing a question on anchoring Spotify for you to answer. So go check it out so you can check it out. So here is Stream Choices on the go. Let's go. Yes. And you at home. You at home right here. If you miss any previous episodes, don't worry about that. Everything's all uploaded and posted to every streaming platform, including YouTube. And and you can 
also show your love by showing support by following Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast on Facebook and Instagram alongside with my sports podcast show, which is Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast is what TLKS stands for. And you can also follow my review show, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, as well as myself on the primary handle on the gram, which is G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Turn your notifications and reminders of when I'm going to be on the air via live stream on Instagram Live. All right. So there you have it right there. I am going to actually tell you where you can actually. Um, listen to the podcast by going to the link in bio and you're going to see a whole list of streaming platforms starting with anchor you can leave a voice message on anchor.fm slash gmoneystacks slash message all right so starting with anchor anchor audacity audible audio burst amazon music breaker Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Pod Bay, Pod Friend, and the recently added streaming platform, Podhound, Podopolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podverse, and also another recently added streaming platform, Podcast Guru. Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. And you don't need a credit card or a debit card to actually download iHeartRadio or any other apps that I just mentioned right there. And you can also follow my other podcast shows that I just mentioned on the gram which is also on iHeartRadio as well, which is Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast, the Sports Edition show. And you can also follow this show right here and along with Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast Review Show. Um, So there you have it right there. There you have it right there. And also, last but not least, make sure you grab that subscribe button on the YouTube channel page of GMoneyStacks555 so you don't miss out on anything. And click on the Noni Noni bell alongside with enabling alerts so you can be reminded of when the show is going to be on the air via live stream along with the reminder of the of the date and time. Leave a like and a comment along with the episodes if you can. Stay tuned for more video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes, and of course, be sure to listen, stream, watch the episodes in case you miss any of the episodes, and you can download your favorite episodes as well. So you at home, you can do your part by downloading these episodes, and of course, be sure to share the episodes, especially on Spotify. Especially you can share the videos from YouTube. You can also sh- you can also tell a friend to another friend and of course be sure to spread the word to everybody. Word of mouth is important. And alongside with um alongside with sharing the link that says link tree slash G Money Stacks 555. And don't forget to rate 
Don't forget to rate and leave a review. All right, on all the episodes that all the episodes that is already posted. So don't forget to leave five stars. That'll be appreciated. So there you have it right there. And also um, share the podcast with your husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, friends, and the people you are cool with from work and wherever you meet other people um, will be uh, appreciated as well. So, so there you go right there, folks. I'm your man, G Money Stacks. Thank you very much for listening to episode 241 titled Big Mess. And of course, be sure to be sure to um, remember the grind doesn't stop. Hard work pays off. You, If you want something, you have to trust the process. Um, and you have to and you have to work hard and you have to earn it. And of course, be sure to know that for all you podcasters out there that's creating podcast episodes and stuff like that, listen. I want you to not worry about I want you to not worry about um the numbers of views and and of course don't worry about the uh don't worry about the don't worry about the annoying critics and also do also don't worry about um don't worry about the stupid haters as much okay don't worry about them and you know in the words of Ivy Rivera I actually want to say this actually um, you don't need other people's validation. You need to validate yourself. Know that you are important. You are important. You are the one that created this, and you're trying to make sure you follow your goals and dreams because you don't want nobody to stop you or anything like that based on some hatred statements or whatever case scenario may be. Regardless if anybody's not commenting on the YouTube channel pages or wherever else you listen to podcast shows, don't worry about that. It may be difficult for people to get comments, to get an interaction. I get it. I get it. And I know that's happened to me, but I don't let that stop me. And and for those of you, for those of you who are trying to um make it seem like oh it's about the fancy content, the fancy the fancy reels and all that other shit, no, it's about you. It's about you and what works for you. You know what I'm saying? It's all about you. You're the creator. You're the host. You know what I mean? And. And I'm just gonna leave it at that right here, man. I'll I'll tell the rest of it in a segment of podcast um free game mechanism segment, which I will try to do in the next episode. So um yeah, so without further ado, man, let me make sure that um you folks out there understand this actually. Don't worry about what type of content you're creating. Don't worry about that. Likes, comments, and 
and the type of content you're creating. You're creating podcast episodes. You know what I'm saying? That's all you're creating. You're not trying to be like, you're not trying to be, you know, fancy with your shit, man. You're just trying to keep shit simple. That's all you're trying to do. Don't worry about other people's hatred, mean criticisms, or whatever case scenario it may be. Don't worry about that shit. You just go with the flow and keep going. That's all I'm going to say right here. So, um, that's all I'm going to say right here. New York wasn't built in a day. And, and of course, and of course, be sure to, um, to know that following your goals and dreams is very important. And you want to look for, look and find something that clicks to you along with your ideas, along with your, um, your vision that gets you on your P's and Q's all the way into your zone alongside with tunnel vision. All right. Don't let anybody discourage you from not doing podcasting. Okay. And don't give up on you. Don't give up on your, your your career. Don't give up on anything. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to inspire people to not give up just because you don't, just because you don't get comments on YouTube or anywhere else whatsoever. Don't worry about that shit. All right. Don't worry about that shit. These things take time and a lot of patience. You know what I'm saying? These things take time and patience. It's all about you putting in the work. I'm putting in the work right now with 241 episodes right now, and I'm going to be getting ready to record 242 in a couple of minutes. So I'm up out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in and hearing me out on some things. You know what I mean? And it's very important that you go ahead and follow your goals and dreams and stay liquid. Be safe out there. And, of course, I hope y'all had a nice, great weekend. And and continue, continue your success with your dream career that you're trying to do. And don't, lo- don't let nobody stop you. Don't let no haters stop you or anything like that whatsoever. Period. All right, peace and one love. Enjoy the rest. Of your, enjoy the rest of your evening and good night, everybody.
Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY Podcast. O F F T H E M E A T R A C K C H A I N Z N Y P O D C A S T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, G Money Stacks 555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the videos, download your favorite episodes, rate, spread the word to a friend, to other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio stream choices to your friends. The audio streaming services includes Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Attic, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks, and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love.